Okay, today is March 17th, 2008. This is Fidencio Marbella of the Melrose Park, Illinois Public Library. Also present is Heidi Beasley, reference librarian here at Melrose Park. Today we'll be speaking with Mr. Frank Macchio. Uh, Frank served in the United States Army from 1951 through 1953. The highest rank he achieved was as a corporal. He was born here in Melrose Park on July 5th, 1930. Let's go ahead and get started. Frank, okay. why don't you tell us when and where you were born and a little bit about your uh, parents. My name is Frank Macho. I was born in Melrose Park on July 5th, 1930 to Frank and Fortunata Macho. Uh, I, I grew up in Melrose Park. I went, I went to grammar school at Stevenson School in Melrose Park, and following that, I went to Proviso East High School from 1944 to 48. After high school, I worked at various uh, places, and following that, I got drafted in about June of 1951. I did my basic training in Camp Chaffee, Arkansas during till the end of 1951. I got orders to report to uh, Alaska as a construction engineer. While there in Alaska, I traveled all over parts of Alaska building uh, building components, uh, mess halls, living quarters. And at that time, there was a scare of the Cold War that the Russians were going to invade, so we were on alert most of the time while, while I was there. While I was there in August of 1952, my brother Raymond, who was in Korea, I was notified that he was killed in action. I, I received a, an emergency furlough. I came home for 30 days to comfort my mother and father. Following that, I reported back to Alaska, and I stayed in Alaska till 1953. I, got, I returned to the States to Camp Carson, Colorado, and I was discharged. And that's about the extent of my military service. Okay. Let's, let's go back a little bit. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your parents, what they did for a living? My parents were immigrants from Europe, Italian. My father was a, a factory worker. Uh, my mother was a homemaker, housewife. I had, uh, my family consisted of my older brother, James, 
who was handicapped and retarded. My uh, my sister Elizabeth, who is still living. Uh, myself and my brother Raymond. And uh, we've lived in Melrose Park all our lives. Uh, and uh, I can't think of anything okay. else. Okay. Now, um, where did your uh, father work? He, he worked at the Richardson Company in Melrose Park, which was on 27th and Lake Street, 27th and Lake in Melrose Park. Okay. And he uh, retired from there. Okay. And uh, after he retired, he, he was a gardener. He was a winemaker. He made wine at your house? He made wine, house. <laughs> like most people in Melrose Park did. And uh, we always had wine on the table. And none of us became alcoholics. <laughs> and uh, uh, in 1974, my father asked me if I'd want to, if I wanted to take a trip back to Italy with him to see his family, surviving family, and I was honored that he asked me. So we took a trip in 1974. We went, to, we went to Italy for about six weeks. He had a brother over there and three sisters and numerous nephews and nieces. And that was one of the highlights of my life. I was married at the time to Dorothy and uh, I had two children at that time. And uh, uh, I went to Italy with him, and we visited, we stayed with his relatives, and uh, it was the highlight of my life, as I, I have said, because I got to meet relatives that I never knew, and I, and I learned how people live uh, away from the United States, which is a lot different, you know. And I always appreciated the fact that my parents came to America, and they were they were uh, proud to be Americans. And every every George Washington's birthday, my father went out and bought a cherry pie. <laughs> <laughs> and he always said, "God bless America." You know, but he still loved his his country, and uh, he loved he loved his family. And uh, a lot of those things that he told me when I was growing up, I remembered. And that's about it. My father died in 1984, 81, and my mother died in 1984. And my brother James died in 1981. And as I said, Raymond was killed in 1952. Okay. So you were uh, you were drafted in 1951 mm -hmm. uh, into the U.S. Army. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us what the reactions were like of your parents when they found out that you had been drafted? Well, they were. Uh, they, my mother was 
sad knowing that you know I was going away and I might be in danger and uh, that's about all I could remember being uh, uh, my mother crying you know because uh, she knows that's that you, you could uh, you could be in a lot of danger um, and I was I was gone at that time when my brother got drafted just about three or four months later, you know. So we were both we were both in service at the same time. I was in basic training, like I said, in Arkansas, and he was at Fort Riley. And of the Christmas of 1951, we both we both uh, uh, received. Uh, furloughs, ten-day furloughs for Christmas, and we we're both home at the same time. And uh, while we we're home, we enjoyed each other's company, and we enjoyed being with our parents. And that was in Christmas of 1951, and we stayed home until New Year's Day. Of uh, 1951, New Year's Day of 1952, and we both. I had an extra day off to report, and he he had to report the day before. So I left with him, and uh, we took a train. I, I left a day earlier to to you know to be with him. And uh, we took it. We took the train to Chicago, and we went to Kansas City, which was right near Fort Riley. And then from there, I was going to continue on to Arkansas. So before we left, my mother made a uh, a care package, which is food for us to take back with us. And she gave us both a shopping bag of all goodies. <laughs> and then uh, we took it on the train. We got on the train, and I told my brother, I says, it's kind of warm in the train, Ray. I says, let's put it in between the two cars because it's cooler there. And uh, he says, yeah, you're right, you know. So we put the two shopping bags full of food in between the two trains. We got to Kansas City. We got off the train. And we left our food on the train, and uh, and the train took off, departed, and I'm sitting there with him, you know, because I had about an hour or two layover till I caught my train to Arkansas, and I says, Ray, guess what? He says, What happened? I says, We left our food on the train, and it, <laughs> and we hung hung our heads, <laughs> and I says, Well. Somebody's going to have a nice, a nice meal. So that's the last time I saw my brother. When I hugged him and I said goodbye at the train station, when my train was ready to depart, and like I said, that's the last time I saw him. Besides letters back and forth before he got killed, and that's about it. Can you tell us about the circumstances under which she was killed in Korea? Uh, he was he was 
uh, trained as a cook at Fort Riley, Kansas. And once he got shipped overseas, they, they, the Army did that. You were, you were trained as an infantryman through basic training. Then you went to specialized school in whatever they wanted you to do, which, which he became a cook. But once he got shipped to Korea, they, they were in need of infantrymen, and they put, him, they put him in an infantry outfit, which means that he was trained for that. And uh, uh, when he got to Korea, he got in his, in his uh, infantry outfit, and he was sent to the front lines. And uh, as far as I could tell from, from uh, information that I got, while he was on the front lines, they were, they were bombarded with, uh, with shells, mortar shells. And, uh, and uh, while these, these bombs were coming in, he jumped into a foxhole and he got a direct hit with, with, a, with, a, with a mortar shell. And he didn't die immediately, but I, he, never, he never made it too far. He, he died pretty fast, you know. And uh, the reason why I got more information on that was because after about 50 years, in 19, in, a, in, in 2001, I was contacted by uh, a Mr. Doug Noyes from Genoa City in, uh, in Illinois here. And uh, he called me up and he, he told me that uh, his father was with my brother when he got killed. And it was, it was a real surprise because I never heard of this, this gentleman. And I was a little leery, you know. <clears throat> and uh, he, he asked if he could come over. And he did. He came over with his wife, <clears throat> and he and he showed me pictures of my brother and his father. They were both on the same front lines. The day my brother got killed, his father and my brother were together, and his father was a basketball player, and my brother was a, a star basketball player at Proviso. And uh, at Proviso High School, and uh, they became very good friends. And his father told his son Doug, he says he always remembered my brother because when the bombs, when the mortar shells were coming in, he says he ran, he jumped into one foxhole, and my brother jumped into another foxhole. He says. And the mortar shell hit my brother's foxhole and got killed. And he, and he always wondered why he, he was saved.
but his son always heard about my brother, and he's and he uh, he says I have to I have to get a hold of you and tell you what happened, you know. He says my father just didn't have the nerve to do it, you know. So I thought that was very nice, and I appreciated it, and I thanked him, and we and we we remain good friends to this day. Would you like to take a break? Or? Yeah, that's about it. I don't think anything else is You had mentioned that you had uh, done your basic training in Fort Chaffee, Arkansas? Fort Chaffee, Arkansas. Arkansas. Okay. Now, what was that like, your uh, basic training? Basic training was uh, familiarizing yourself, a lot of marching, a lot of uh, physical, uh, what do you call it? Uh, physical training. Physical right. training. Uh, they they called it the daily dozen. You did these calisthenics, you know, push-ups and chin-ups and stuff like that. Every every day, every morning, you know. And then we went on a a lot of marches. And then they uh, a lot of a lot of marches, you know. And this is a, a form of uh, training you, building your stamina up. And then uh, we would uh, we would go through uh, uh, different uh, forms of uh, uh, familiarizing yourself with uh, with firearms. We would uh, we would uh, go through uh, uh, the firing range with with the M1 rifles and. Uh, and then, then, then we would have uh, the uh, carbine, carbine rifles, and then uh, they would have a, uh, they would have a training where they would uh, simulate uh, fire, uh, uh, crawling through, crawling, crawling through while. Well, they were firing over over your heads, you know, like you were simulating uh, combat. And then uh, that was all part of your basic training. And then uh, uh, part of my basic training was with the uh, in the artillery. I had. Uh, the 105 howitzers. Uh, we were trained in the, in the uh, in the firing and the familiarizing ourselves with the 105 howitzers, which were hauled by by army trucks to different sites, and uh, we would get on these ranges and we would fire the howitzers. And to this day, I think. My hearing is affected by that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hard of hearing. I, I, uh, I don't know if that's from old age or what, but I always did have a, a problem with hearing because of these howitzers going off. And uh, 
I've been tested quite a few times. And I fail. I fail a test every time. <laughs> and my wife gets mad that I can't hear her. I told you I'd repeat. I don't tire of repeating. I says, well, I says, uh, you can't see too good, so maybe I should holler at you. And then I get a phone call from uh, Walgreens or some somebody, uh, Mr. Macho. Uh, yes, uh, we have a uh, your prescription. Is up, 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 Jack. I says, what did you say? <laughs> your prescriptions are running, and, and, and you expect to I says, will you please speak a little quieter, a little softer? I says, I don't understand what you're saying. And they all get mad at you, you know. <laughs> but I think the young kids talk, talk pretty fast, you know, don't they? Yes. You, you experience that too? Yes. <laughs> so how did you end up being uh, in construction? Well, well, I was, before I got drafted, I worked at a plant in Melrose Park here. I was an apprentice pipe fitter and welder. Okay. So when I got drafted, they, you always you had to put down your occupation, and that's what I put down. So after basic training, they gave me an MOS, which is your mode of... Uh, of trade, you know, uh, they they classified me as a plumber, you know, and they uh, and after basic training, I was uh, I was shipped to Alaska because they needed they needed tradesmen, and uh, I guess that's what saved me from going going to a war zone, you know. Well, they considered Alaska a war zone at that time. We were getting overseas pay, and like I said previously, they thought the Russians at that time, uh, the Russians were in the Cold War, you know, we were, we were battling with them. And during the Second World War, the Japanese did try to make inroads into Alaska. I think there was... They did. They did uh, land in parts of Alaska. You remember that? Yes, it was uh, what Attu and uh, Kiska. The Aleutian Islands. Yes, the Aleutian like Islands. Yes. Yeah, and uh, they still considered that too close to. If you look at Alaska, it's close to Japan and Russia. You know, so they were uh, they were taking precautions. Well, being a a tradesman, I got shipped there. And uh, my my company, my my battalion, 42nd Engineer Construction Battalion, was were all tradesmen. And uh, uh, we had electricians, we had uh, carpenters, we had plumbers, we had uh, you name it. And we were capable of building just about anything you can imagine. Uh, I was at Fort Richardson, Alaska, which is just outside of Anchorage. That was where I was stationed. But while in Alaska, 
I, I traveled all over. I traveled to Fairbanks. I traveled to Whittier. I traveled to uh, uh, just about any any place in Alaska where they required building. We built mess halls. We built uh, quasi huts for, for living quarters. We built the latrine uh, latrine areas. Uh, um, uh, whatever was required, we were we were sent there. And every so often, while in Alaska, they would have an alert. You know, being a tradesman, we would revert back to our weapons, and we'd go out into the field, and they would simulate an, an attack by a by a foreign country. You know, and we'd go out there for maybe a week or ten days. You know. And they, were, they kept you in training all the time. And uh, like I said, uh, the uh, the time I was there, being being a tradesman, uh, wasn't a bad wasn't bad duty. It was good duty, you know. And what was the weather like up there for you? Uh, the summers. Summers, if I can remember, summers were hot. You know, like uh, July and August, it would get into the 70s and 80s. You know, real hot. But the summers were short. And uh, the summers were short. And then uh, we, uh, they would have like uh, certain times of the year, where it would get dark, it would stay dark for night and day. It would never light, would never lighten up. And uh, then when winter hit, which was nine, ten months of the year, being in a in a valley before Richardson, we would get like uh, temperatures of maybe 25, 30 below. And that wasn't too bad, because up in Fairbanks, further north, and uh, the, the areas around uh, most of Alaska, it would get to 40 or 50 below there in the winter. And, uh, uh, and when it got that cold, were you still trying to build buildings at that time? Yeah, or? we would keep working. How would you uh, construct a building in, in that kind of temperature? Uh They would uh, encompass an area with uh, with plastic. You know, the, the area where the buildings we were building, they would encompass with plastic and try to keep some heat in there. But as far as as uh, putting anything below below ground, it was almost impossible. We would uh, <coughs> we would lay. Uh, if we had to lay a pipeline, a water line, or a sewer line to a certain area, uh, we would uh, we would lay straw on there, light it up with fuel oil, put wood on it, and try to thaw out the ground. And they would thaw it out for maybe six, eight inches, and we'd dig that down. And then we'd keep doing that. 
until until you got a, but you got to understand Alaska never really thaws out it always has what they call permafrost below below the ground is always frozen you know and I, I don't know how it is today with this warming you know it might be different now but it's it's always like that but uh, it's it's a uh, it's not a Alaska if you don't have the mental capacity you can get very depressed you know what I mean but how did you keep from getting uh, depressed out there with no sunlight well they had beer <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we had uh, we had movies and we had, they had, we had recreational no woman so that wasn't too much fun <laughs> she's naughty <laughs> and uh, uh, the uh, we had the movies with the we had the uh, USO canteens there and uh, uh, and Anchorage which was only a short distance away from Fort Richardson was a town was a modern town I mean you know big buildings and all that I would say Anchorage was the size of Oak Park Illinois you know the main thoroughfare and uh, and uh, they, I even look today now they got high rises there and all that you know and uh, there are there are things to do I mean if you want the town you just I don't know how to explain it you know you just uh, you had your buddies that was the main thing you know you know you you, you had fun you found things to do to, to enjoy yourself and we played cards and we did this and we did that I, I can't even remember half of the stuff that we did but uh, we had a we had a chapel a religious chapel you know not too far from our battalion I was in company A which was almost all construction you know and then they had company B a, B, C, D, you know, and some were transportation and some guys were headquarter companies and but I was a company A. And uh, like I said, we had we had plumbers, carpenters, electricians and, and a lot of laborers. If you if you weren't a tradesman, you were a laborer. And they, they did the bulk of the work, you know. You mentioned uh going all over uh, Alaska at yes. some point. How did you get around? Was it by truck or? There was a, there was a train that went from, uh, it went from Seward all the way to uh, Anchorage up to Fairbanks. There was a train. And then while I was there, they built the Elkan Highway. You ever hear of the Elkan Highway? No. There's a highway that left that uh, from Seattle all the way through Canada up into Alaska they uh, they built that part of the army built that uh, and now I heard they improved it there was a gravel road and now I heard they improved it 
just like they're doing a lot of things in Alaska now. They got the oil pipeline and all that stuff. You know. Yeah. And then uh, we, uh, when I left Seattle to go to Alaska, we went by ship. What was that like? Uh, what was it like? Well, most of the guys were hanging over the railing, vomiting. <laughs> <laughs> Had you ever been on a big ship like that before? No, first time. And, uh, and then the, most of the guys got sick. And uh, once we got out of Seattle, out of Puget Sound, you know, and, then the, and their waves, and we ended up going to uh, Whittier, Alaska, which was a port. port. And uh, from there, we were shipped to different parts. Yeah. So how long were you actually in Alaska? I was there about a year and a half. Okay. I would say, yes, just about a year and a half. Now, did you have any opportunities for taking leave? Well, as I told you previously, the only time I came home was okay. an emergency furlough. Okay because of my brother right. and that was it okay. you know so all the rest of the time you had to spend in Alaska yeah, yeah. Okay. okay so uh, where were you when you found out that you were going to be discharged from the army I got my my time was up after 23 months and uh, they sent me back to uh, Camp Carson, Colorado. I got discharged from Camp Carson, Colorado. I was inducted into service, and I went to Fort Sheridan, Illinois. Fort Sheridan is not there anymore, but there was a, a distribution point for GIs. But I, I got discharged from Camp Carson, Colorado. I got separated from service. Okay. What was your reaction like when you found out that you were finally getting out of the army? Uh, joy. I, I was happy. I was sad because of uh, my brother, but I was uh, I was happy because I I was not a, a I was not a career guy. Did they uh, ask you? They would at that time. They were. They were asking you to re-enlist, re you know, and stuff like that. And I, I don't want to have anything to do with it. But uh, I just wanted to get out, get myself a job. And at that time, they had the GI Bill. I could have went to school. And I did go to school. I, 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 I enrolled as an apprentice. Uh, although I was classified as a plumber in service, I decided to go work work for a plumber, and he sent me to apprentice school, and that's what I ended up doing. Going to apprentice, I became an apprentice, and I went to Washburn Trade School, and I, I I graduated from there, and I I learned the finer technical points of my trade. Uh, once you got out of the army, did he have any problems readjusting to civilian life? Or? No, not really. The only thing was, I came home and I got discharged, 
and I hadn't seen some of my friends and some of the people that I knew, and they asked me where I was. And I says, I was in service. I says, I was in the Army. Yeah, what's going on? See, Korea was like a forgotten war. You got to understand, the Second World War was the big war. You know, everybody knew about that. But Korea, it seemed like nobody knew even knew what was going on. And guys were getting killed there. Fifty-something thousand GIs got killed in Korea. But I heard that many times. Where were you, Frank? And I says, I was in service. I just got discharged. Yeah. What's going on? I says, nothing. I says, everything was okay. But that was the story. A lot of people, a lot of people didn't like the idea that we were even in Korea. You know, and uh, it was a war of fighting the communists at that time. Just like Vietnam. Vietnam, I, a, lot of, a lot of hatred with Vietnam. But that's why we're all here and we're enjoying this country, the freedom that we have. Okay, well, thank you very much for sharing your memories with us today. You're welcome.